said to one of my friends a while back, they were like talking about like some stuff going on in their life and like things like just like being a whole thing. And it was just like taking up a lot of my time and like my energy. Yeah. And I, I looked at them and I was like, you know, I had so much more time when I didn't have friends. And then I had to walk that statement back. And I was like, now, hold on. I'm very happy to have friends. Yeah. And I'm very happy to be able to invest relationally into people. Yeah. But the thing was, I had the same amount of time before. I just was choosing. Oh, I hit the microphone. I had the same amount of time before. I was just choosing to invest it in, like, getting a grade rather than the people around me. Yeah. And, like, so finding myself. Like, I... I always was like, oh, I'm just not that social a person. Mm-hmm. I'm actually more social a person than I actually wanted to ever admit. Mm-hmm. I'm still very much an introvert. Yeah. But, like, I enjoy having friends more than I was willing to let myself admit whenever I, like, was very tightly monitoring, like, mm-hmm. the number of people I was in connection with and the amount of I was investing into those friendships. Yeah. So I think I learned I'm a more social person than I thought I was. Yeah. Um, I also learned that, like, I, I can find academic, like, and intellectual fulfillment outside of making a grade. Because, like, mm-hmm. for a while I was concerned that, like, if I didn't have the validation of making the A, like, that, like, cheapened the, like, intellectual, mm. like, pursuit. Yeah. But, like, I still have my intellectual truths. I still learn a lot. I still enjoy learning lots. And, like, I don't need other people to validate that for me. Yeah. Like, and I can research the one thing I want to research for as long as I want to research it. Yeah. Because there's not another assignment, like, coming in. Like, no professors over here going, could have done better than, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also learned to prioritize my mental health. Yeah. And, like, yes, that sleep is important and that, like... It is important. You know, take care of yourself um, and that a grade is not worth driving yourself into the ground. Honestly, nothing is worth driving yourself to the ground. Academics, a person, theology, none of it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. What about, what about you, Aziza? What have, what have you learned, I guess, about... Yeah, I think Not. mine's opposite. I think I've had to like make space um, for me to claim like being intellectual. Mm. Um, yeah, I think yeah, my journey's different in the way of like it's okay like to like school. It's okay to like learning. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I also don't think that I'm necessarily built for the traditional style of, like, college in, yeah. like, a classroom. Like, I don't think that's for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, learning itself, like, I've had to, like, reattach myself to the idea. Because I also would detach myself from, like, I would say, oh, like, I don't need to be good at school. And I was, like, the kid. Who, I became the kid who didn't care because that was also a thing where, like, if I knew that, like, I remember one time I was, um, in English class and we took and we were like taking this test for something that we were supposed to have like read but I didn't read it and so I knew I was going to fail and so I just didn't take the test so I just got up and I 
wrote my name on it and I gave it back to the teacher. And I remember everyone being so like, oh my goodness, she just gave it back. Like, oh, how could she do this? And like, they were just so like, um, it was just like so scandalous almost. And mm-hmm. I was like, and in my mind I was like, I mean, I didn't know the answers. Why would I just like take this test? Um, but I think, yeah, I became, I became that person who like just didn't care about school and, um, and I like really clung to that as like a part of my identity. And I think like I did that as like a self-defense mechanism, right? Cause I didn't think I was smart. And so it was like, all right, if I fail and people don't think I care, it doesn't really matter. But like if I am trying and then I fail, then it just validates the fact that like, yes, I actually am not smart. It goes back to that self-sabotaging thing we were talking about, right? Like, yeah. um, and so, yeah, I think for me, it's just been like reclaiming like, oh, I am a smart person. I can understand things. And um, which honestly, I hate I hate even the idea of like smart because then I think like we're saying that you can be not smart and I just don't think that anyone is not smart I think everyone's smart in like their own way right yeah yeah like I know way more about sociology than you like I have a degree in sociology like that's just a fact Fact. right but you know way more about like I would argue emotional depth and empathy and like relating to people and making a community that's really sweet like than I do like I can analyze that community yeah but like I don't necessarily know how to create that community like whereas Mm. you have a lot of like knowledge in that department Mm. and like you have like other people in our community like Sydney who will know more about me than no more than me about sociology because she's gonna slay that degree <laughs> um but right now like Sydney knows so much more than me about music yeah. like I mean I know like hardly anything about music I mean I have friends who tell me about music but like I don't actually know much about it right yeah like everyone's smart in different ways mm-hmm. and like we don't recognize that as a society enough we have like a certain metric like oh you need to hit this bar to be considered smart no everyone's smart in their own way yeah like it's that comparison that really just um, gets us in in sticky situations. Do you think that's like where shame like comes from a lot? Comparison. comparison. I um. Yeah, I. Oh, here's okay. Let's uh, unpack it, right? So in this article. Oh yes, the article. Yes, student shaming and the need for academic empathy. Mm. Uh, yes, uh, written by uh, the very own, I almost said our very own, but we don't know them, Leslie Bears and Eileen Camfield. Um, so they quoted Brene Brown, who described shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love. Mm. Yes, mm. so flaw. Ooh. Can I say something on that? Yes, please. Okay. One thing I was thinking about when you and I were talking about, like, our initial experiences of shame during our intro episode, mm-hmm. we associated them both with our mothers. Mm. People who, like, are are supposed to be and are, I would argue, for us very much sources of, like, love, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now say the Brene Brown quote again. The intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed 
and therefore unworthy of love. The people who we were seeking love from as small children called us out on something, which we then saw as a flaw, and that compromised how we saw their love Wow, for us. And that's what caused the shame movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes back to thinking, um, correlating love, like our ability to be loved with our function, Mm. right? Because when we're flawed, we all of a sudden think like, oh, now I'm bringing less to the table. Mm -hmm. And so now I don't deserve to be here. Mm. We correlate our worth with what we do. Yeah. And then whenever we don't do the thing right, we have shame about it. Which, I mean, it makes sense that we do that because how often do we get praised for who we are? Anytime we're getting praised, it's because we've just done something, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. It's because you made the 100 on that test right. or because you successfully navigated a social situation or you played the song without any problems. Yeah. It's not wow, you did such a good job of just, like, showing up and being present today. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, I really love your smile. Yeah. It's hardly that. Like, I even think about when I was a kid. Like, my parents, the time that I got their attention was when I did well in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, in the broader academic context, but I think the article talks about this some, like, think about it. Like, when did your teacher single you out in class? It was when you did something really good or really mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for showing up to class and, like, you know, reading the paragraph you were asked to read. Right. It was for when you did something exceptionally good or exceptionally bad. Right. Like. And so then you become ashamed of, like, mediocrity. Which mm-hmm. mediocrity, like, what even is that, right? Honestly, like, is it even right. actually, like, me- I, I don't like that word. We just don't have a better word for it. Sorry. Yeah. But, like, for just being, you, like, feel shame. Yeah. You only don't feel shame if you're doing the best, but even then you feel shame because then you stick out. Yes. And now you have to upkeep that. Yes. And then if you don't upkeep that, then people critique you for it. Or if you are trying to upkeep that and then you mess up, like, you're called out. Like, I know, like, it was a huge thing if I answered a question wrong in class. Like, kids, like, were like, ooh. Uh, I hate that. Which, like, is why I, I hate answering questions out loud. Yeah. Like, which, like, I had college professors who were like, Sarah, why don't we ever talk in class? And I'm like, because, because uh, <laughs> what if I'm wrong? <laughs> like, yeah. So what if you're wrong? I had really great professors. They were like, so what? We're going to talk about it as a class. Like, we're going to figure it out. We're delving ideas. Which, like, that's what no, it should be, though. Right? Yeah. It should be this, like, communal give and take of information and, like, dissecting concepts that are complex. And it's not wrong to be wrong. Yeah. Like, we're just figuring it out together, like a communal approach to problem solving and analyzation rather than a oh. judge standing at the top of the classroom going, you're right, you're wrong, you're affirmed, you're not affirmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, in your experience, though, how, like, how do you untie your identity from school? Because that's what because that sounds like that's also been like in your story. You take away the thing you tied your identity to. Yeah. Like, you have to force yourself to find yourself outside of that. Yeah. Like, you don't go to school. Yeah. So then you have to 
makes sense. And then you find that people still want you around, mm, even yeah. when you're like, and people like more than people still want you. You still want to be around yourself. Mm. Like you find the other things you like in yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you find that you like yourself because you made a yummy spaghetti sauce. <laughs> like, and because you read a book. And because you like wrote a poem, yeah, like you find that you like yourself because you belong to yourself and not to an institution or a mm. grade. Like you have to, you just you have. To, I just had to like uncouple myself from the thing I was finding myself in, yeah, and just find myself in me. Kind of had to fall in love with myself all over again. Ah, uh, beautiful. Like, and that's hard to explain. Yeah, because it's really just a lot of being with yourself outside of the thing that you found yourself in yeah to find yourself in yourself again mm-hmm. that sounds really trippy I no know. i but i get what you mean and it's uncomfortable at first but you wait long enough mm-hmm. oh i definitely like laid on a couch for a couple weeks and like didn't know what to do with my life yeah like i was like where's the validation where is the grade in canvas that says i made a hundred and the note that says this is the best research methods and discussion section i've ever read <laughs> like yeah like, where is that yeah it's about learning to be happy with yourself for being yourself not because of what anyone else said about you mm-hmm. i am um yeah what a journey honestly um, I'm looking at this um Brene Brown quote though mm-hmm. and she talks about how like so it says researchers don't find shame correlated with positive outcomes at all mm-hmm. there's no data to support that shame is a helpful compass for good behavior um self-sabotage because even further down it says shame not only hurts students but in fact also creates barriers to equitable teaching and learning so it's like it's really just not the tool to get us where we're saying that we want to go right because we'll rise to the level of expectation yeah and when we feel that we aren't welcomed at a place that we aren't expected to do well in a place and that we don't expect ourselves to do well in a place. Mm-hmm. That has profound impacts on the way we go about doing the thing. Yeah. Like. If you could say anything to um, your younger academic self, what would you say? Girl, just breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Just go to the party. Yeah. Go to that dinner. Say yes to that date. Yeah. Go live your life. Your worth is not in making an A. Yeah. What about you? What would you say to your younger self? Yes. I would tell myself um, that everyone else is also scared. Mm. Um, But everyone else also feels so small. Um, And that I'm okay, that everything's okay. That I'm safe. 
Mm-hmm. And then I can just like enjoy things that it's okay to enjoy school. Yeah. It's okay to enjoy school. Um, yeah, I guess that's it for this episode. Yeah. Good talking to you. Good talking to you. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye.